Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Book Wars pod. I'm Chris. I'm here with my co-hosts, Kate and Kristen. This is our third time doing the intro because of technical difficulties. But now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is, in fact, episode 52 of the Book Wars pod. (laughs) Hooray! It wasn't technical difficulties. We were just trying to get the levels right so people's ears don't bleed. It's always appreciated. Kristen, I'm on this podcast. Your ears are going to bleed fucking regardless. This is true. I mean, honestly, like, if you have to lose your hearing at some point, like, wouldn't you want to do it listening to Star Wars? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Tomorrow is June 1st. We're recording this on uh, Thursday. Uh, my, tomorrow's a new day, so I get to see my new Star Wars calendar. I love it. I always think about it when I'm doing the pod because it's right on the wall next to me. That's nice. adorable. I wonder what the new Star Wars is going to be. This one's so cute. I love it. so cute. You got Vader and Son, right? Yeah, I got Vader and Son. Oh, hell yeah. Speaking right. of new Star Wars, this is our first time recording since we all saw Solo. Woo! We're going to do an episode on that, like, eventually. Yeah, that's coming probably next week, if I had to I guess. Wanna, I want to go see a second. Me too. Yeah, me and go Kate are going to go again this weekend. Yeah, yeah I, I can't go this weekend because I'm out of town, but as I am, oh, well, maybe I'll go see it in Denmark. <laughs> oh my Safe. God, that'd be amazing. They, Denmark's actually super interesting. So they just, so everybody, like most people speak English there. So they actually don't dub. They just do Danish subtitles. So it's like going to see an English movie. Oh, great. Wait, yeah. Keeks, when are you back? Uh, I'm not going to Denmark until next Friday. Oh, I see. Okay, I was about tomorrow. to be like, okay. But we're also out of town this weekend. <laughs> okay, we'll talk after this about when we're We'll recording. figure it out. Scheduling yeah. is so exciting for everyone while yep. we're recording. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> Woo! All right, so we today we are finishing up Dark Disciple by Christy Golden, doing our wrap-up episode, and talking about the short story that Christy Golden wrote for Star Wars Insider, Kindred Spirits, about Ventress. But first, Kristen, what are you drinking? Um, just cracked a Montucky cold snack. Um, and it is their, their pride cans are out. So it's my favorite. It usually oh, just has, just usually has a horse on it, but during pride, it has a, a rainbow and a unicorn. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's very cute. So I'm very excited. It's always my favorite one. And I think if I, I'm, don't quote me on this, but I'll check, but I think that the 8% goes back to, uh, like something queer people for pride so i hope so anyway i wish i knew what that might be in reference to but i don't <laughs> what do you mean oh, well. oh the eight per- oh you mean sorry montucky does eight percent back to local causes oh i f- sorry it says it, it's okay it says okay. it on their can i got i misheard never mind no i just i'm i was wondering i thought so but i don't think they changed it on their can i don't know oh, okay okay sorry anyway whatever <laughs> I hope they're doing something Pride-related with the 8% was my point. Yay. Woo. What are you guys drinking? I have... I need to hydrate because I was at Chris's fancy office party and I had two margaritas and a glass of wine. A very large glass of wine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah, my office party was swanky. So I am double-fisting water and kombucha. And I think I mentioned 
either last episode or the one before, um, I just started Invisalign, and so um, I just, like, am having a fucking wrestling match with my mouth every time I have to, like, eat or anything. So I got these stupid-ass um, stainless steel and silicone reusable straws. So I'm drinking kombucha out of a straw, and I'm literally bringing a straw everywhere. I will drink beer out of a straw. I will do anything not to have to take these trays out. So Good idea, Kate. That is what's happening right now. I should really I take a picture, because it. it's really fucking funny. Good on you, getting reusable. I'm not surprised. You guys are very good. I try. Proud of you. I tried to save the fish. It was really funny. So there were straws for the margaritas at the office party, except we're like a do-gooder company. And like one of the partners was like, actually, can you like get rid of those straws? And then they were like, no, because the straws are still there. <laughs> well, they offered to. I don't know why the straws came back. That was, I, I, I missed something because I totally saw them putting them away, but then they were back. Well, they helped me out. So they sure did. Whatever, I guess. Yeah, I, it's all very confusing because I'm like, it's very ableist to get rid of all straws. Right. <laughs> like, fucking get it together, everyone who's just like, ban all straws. I know. Like, no. <laughs> Don't. Reusable straws, though. But reusable straws exist. Fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Fucking great. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. Are you, drink- are you drinking, Dad? Did you say? Mm, I had water and then I drank the water. Okay. Sorry, I'm really bad at having a drink lately. You're seriously I'm like, ha- bad at having a drink lately, and I, I don't know. get it. Well, he's doing really well at Sober Month, is why. I know. Oh, well, yeah, it's because I've been... Good job. I've been... For no, <laughs> for no particular reason, I've just been, like, decided I wanted to do Sober Month. And so... Which is... I drank at my work party, so that failed. But... <laughs> oh, my God. Other than that, I haven't really been drinking much, and therefore, I have not been drinking for the pod. So if I've been boring and unlistenable lately, you know why. <laughs> I was just, you usually have like an exciting tea or something. I know. That was more of what I was pointing out. It's too fucking hot is the problem. Ah, That's fair. You need to, you guys need to make some yummy iced teas. We do. So good. I think that's on the docket. It is. I keep forgetting to do it. Ah. For no reason. Understandable. Depression is the reason. Depression, yeah. (laughs) Relatable as (laughs) fuck. It's the same reason I don't, haven't done, I, my bag from this weekend is, like, I have to go away, I'm going away, I not have to go away, this weekend's gonna be fun, but I'm going away <laughs> again this weekend, like, have not taken anything out of my bag to wash. Meh. Great. So, whatever, whatever just take it. <laughs> I know, I'm just like, maybe I'll just wear it all again. <laughs> I mean, that'd be me, because depression, <laughs> but you know. Uh, <laughs> what could go wrong? Um, okay, let's talk about Star Wars now that we're seven minutes in, or six minutes in, whatever. I don't think that's a record. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's not a personal not. best. Not a, I know people. People are like, okay, and they're talking about Star Wars now. We can stop skipping ahead. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, tell, us tell us kindred about spirits, Kindred Spirits. Oh my god! All right. Uh, so first up on the docket, um, Kindred Spirits is the. That's yes, said short story by Chrissy Golden. That is basically a prequel to the entirety of Dark Disciple. Um, ties in in a lot of different ways, um, not the least of which uh, because we see Ventress um, and how little she trusts people before she meets Voss. Um, we get to see the idiot ass statue, ugly fucking thing that um, Voss is like messing with at the beginning because he's trying to. Um, catch out this uh black market antiquities dealer um that's what it is right yeah yeah yeah, okay yeah. cool just that making is, sure yeah yeah it is that was one of my questions <laughs> yes and of course um we have lots of rain uh keeks is in my uh, top blue pirate wife 
Yes. Um, I happened to see an illustration of her, because um, the story originally ran in Star Wars Insider, and there were some illustrations that came with it. And I wish I could remember the artist's name, but I can't right now. But either way, there is a, an, a really great illustration of Lassa Rame, and no, she's like canon hot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very important to me. Um, and then the other thing is, Keeks, I'm just going to let you talk about Hondo because you've been waiting for this moment for like all of your life. Oh, yeah. Instead of just like bringing it up, there was no Hondo. There was yes. Hondo in, in this. Sure it was, was great. Um, I think what I wrote on the outline was, oh my God, how is Hondo's fucking crew so fucking stupid? They are. Which was great. But like, that's a thing. Like, they're always so dumb. They're so and stupid. like, H- Hondo is and isn't stupid. He also makes a lot of questionable <laughs> choices throughout his life that we see him but he is not as stupid as the people that he keeps around him right so i thought the um i I thought well first of all is it's christy golden's writing so i i thought the fight scene was really badass and great awesome Um, good that was really really fun to read um and kind of picture and i'm like so thankful for clone wars and rebels because like i have such a voice for hondo in my head now yeah that's exactly like, what i said to kate yeah. oh hell yeah you could hear him talking it was amazing jiro you imbecile <laughs> yes so good yes so seriously good. seriously but yeah i mean it was great so i think what what's the are you gonna like break down the well you were breaking down the plot but um, yeah, they end up having to go to Hondo to steal back shit that he stole from them. Yes, exactly. Um, which is the most Hondo situation, honestly. Like, that, I mean, you're saying we're talking about how smart Hondo's crew is. The thing about Hondo is that he's not necessarily always a great strategist, but he's really great <laughs> at thinking on his feet, and he's really cunning, and he's got that, you know, there's something charming about him, right? Because, like, we tolerate him, (laughs) even though he's actually, like, the worst. Like, we see him across both the Clone Wars and the Rebels cartoons, and he's always, like, um, being a turncoat and betraying people, and, you know, people are just like, well, that's Hondo! Like, they don't want to, like, you you would think they want to punch him in the face a little bit more than they actually do. Well, Kanan really wants to punch him in the face, but that's because he made like ten <laughs> blind jokes in a row. Um, but oh, what I, sorry but, again. I know. <laughs> I hope you will see the opposite. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I really appreciate about the story is that you know Hondo's a pirate, and that means something. You know, there's a certain ruthlessness and lawlessness about pirates, of course, because they're operating outside of systems according to their own pirate code, but, you know, not exactly um, within the bounds of lawfulness. And um, one of the things we see is that when Hondo's crew swoops in to um, jack that ship out from under Ventress, who is supposed to be guarding it, they kill everybody except for Ventress. Like, Hondo's actually yeah, a it's so fucking pirate. wild. I don't yeah. like Yeah. Like, I, I really liked that we got that reminder that, no, this man is a criminal and he has absolutely killed people, be- especially because, like, in, we did, we saw pretty much none of that in Rebels. Like, we saw him leave people for dead, but we didn't see him straight up murder people. So, true. Yeah. Plus, like, he wasn't really pirating. When we saw him in Rebels, he was pretty much, like, at the end of his rope, had no real crew, and kept getting <laughs> arrested or captured 
I by know. people. Yes. Which, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know. I really want to know. I mean, I don't. I don't super want to know because I don't need every gap filled in. But like, I'm vaguely curious as to how Hondo went from feared pirate during the Clone Wars to like galactic laughingstock. I, I, I was kind of I was kind of hoping that this is what that that the story was going to be, but it wasn't. Yeah, which is fine. I still enjoyed it a lot, but no, Keeks needs every hole filled. Uh, I need that background, please. Yeah, yeah. Ke- that Keeks sounds needs great. Every hole filled. Oh God, stop! <laughs> you're my dad. You're not supposed to make these lewd jokes. <laughs> I'm repeating Kate's words back to her. <laughs> I know, but I was just gonna let it go. You should be nice to your wife and your daughter. <laughs> Yeah, Chris. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I was, I was like, wait, Kate's, Kate's gonna break her radio silence. She's probably just sitting there seething at Chris. Yep, accurate. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Eat my but, ass. But yeah, Ventress was super badass in this. Yes. And obviously, like the story, the book that we just read, wouldn't have happened if she decided to become a pirate. So I'm not surprised that she didn't. But still. I think that pretty much sums it up. The only thing I want to say... Yeah, it was just a fun one. Yeah, it was a fun one, and it definitely showed Ventress's, like, her life and where her mindset was at before the novel even starts, and it gave me Loss of Rain fighting with a lightsaber, so... Yeah, it was pretty good. (laughs) So, moving on from Kindred Spirits, I want to talk more about the role of the Jedi in this book. Because we've talked about it before, ad nauseum, and it still feels like it's worth talking about. (laughs) Because they just screwed up so much in this book. Like, it's kind of the epitome of every screw-up they made in the Clone Wars. It's kind of impressive, honestly. (laughs) Like, the entire concept of assassination. Keeping it secret from the Senate. Like, this is like... I know that we, like, know the Jedi or the light side, and, like, as the viewers, we have that perspective, but this is, like, classic totalitarian secret police tactics. Oh my god, that's so true. I didn't even think of it in that in that frame. I know, it's very, like, Navy SEALs. Yeah, and they always do things super within <laughs> bounds of, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking, like, CIA shit, except, like, not yeah, like sanctioned by the government. Yeah. yeah. Black Ops is at least sanctioned by the government most of the time, but, like... Mace Windu That's seems, what you think, Chris. Well, fair. Mace Windu <laughs> <Sorry>. seems... <laughs> I'm going to keep going before any of us, like, get hauled out of our beds in the middle of the night. Kristen slaps her tinfoil hat on right now. Anyway. Yeah. Um... Um, but Mace Windu seems really mad with power at this point. Like, this is kind of a vibe I got from him, particularly from Revenge of the Sith. But, like, he kind of seems out of control. Yeah, I mean, we get the seeds here of him in Revenge of the Sith... Um, you know, having the argument with Anakin, like, Anakin being like, Palpatine needs the same trial, because Anakin's saying something halfway reasonable for once in his life, yeah. and we're just like, no, he's too fucking dangerous, we have to kill him right now, and then, of course, we have him suggesting that they just straight up execute Voss. Yeah. And, you know, once, um, they manage to also accidentally capture Dooku, he's just like, oh, great, awesome, T- two for one, kill him uh, kill him as well. Ha- yeah. Have at it. And also, like, also in Revenge of the Sith, I think a very, like, underrated for its importance scene is when, like, it's kind of a meeting of, like, just the senior Jedi Council. It's, like, it's Mace Windu, it's Yoda, it's ki mundi and then maybe Master Plo. 
But, like, they're basically talking about, like, this is at the point where they're pretty suspicious of Palpatine at this point. And they're like, we'll have Grievous soon. Then Palpatine will have to give up his power. And then, But then uh, Ki-Adi-Mundi, I think, is like, what if he doesn't give up his power? And Mace Windu's like, well, we'd have to depose him for the good of the Republic. And in that scenario, the Jedi would have to implement martial law. And, like, Yoda is like, he's like, let's all back the fuck up here. Like, he's like, like, I think the exact line is like, to a dark place, this line of thinking will take us. But it's like, all right, y'all motherfuckers need to chill. Yoda just right threw now. his fucking stick on the ground. He's like, okay. Like, Mace Windu is out of control. Yeah, yeah and we, we already talked about how, like, problematic that it, it is that they put all of this stuff in Mace's mouth, which is rude. Oh, absolutely. Um, but let so that uh, not that aside because of course that's built into everything but um just to be clear we have thought and talked about that and we're just going to continue um just talking about specifically what he what he's saying and what the other jedi are saying here and god mace is like a mace and anakin like (laughs) i'm I'm like hot like first of all I feel like Mason and Anakin don't get along because they're so similar. Absolutely. Oh, it's so funny. And I feel like I've, ne- I've never like heard. I'm like, Mace doesn't seem on like the surface the same as Anakin, but damn, are they similar in this book because of like the, like the lengths the Jedi have been pushed to here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, wait, Chris, is it speaking of, Mace and Anakin being very similar. Is it still canon that Mace thought he was he he was the chosen one and he was mad because? Uh, I don't believe that that is something that has appeared in the new canon. Okay, no. just kidding. I'm gonna just put that back well, and pretend I didn't say anything. <laughs> well, we we brought it up I think before, but we said it hadn't been addressed at all. So yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's one of those things. Like it's kind of like all legends. Like it's not not canon. Like there's nothing contradicting that view. Right. Okay. Um, just, just, okay, just checking. I mean, Mace is kind of always hostile to Anakin, so, like, for whatever reason, they don't get along, but, I mean, I think your point, regardless of the specifics, I think your point is a good one, that, like, they are very similar, and it's really funny that they're that just was, on opposite sides of this. That was Kristen's point. Kristen's point, I'm sorry. Excuse the fuck, idiot. Chris, get off your phone. Um, <laughs> 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 um, oh, Kristen, did you want to talk about Yoda a little bit as well, like? Because he kind of he kind of goes along with this. Yeah, I basically like the point that I, we wrote on the outline was basically like, what the fuck, Yoda's not supposed to be like a lunatic, <laughs> and he's supposed to be like almost the voice of like pacifistic reason on the council, right? And they're like, so we're gonna assassinate this person, and Yoda's like, this seems like a terrible idea, and they're like, but we're going to, and he's like, okay. I know. <laughs> like, what? He just cha- he just flip flopped so fast. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. What? There was no like. I mean, I, I get it. Like they, there was there was some good like dialogue and an argument about like why they thought this was so necessary and like, you know it kind of. But I'm like you know you guys are really acting like you're at the end of your rope here. But like I don't know. Get creative. <laughs> Do something else. <laughs> I know it's it's especially interesting just because Jedi is the Jedi Grandmaster by a long shot, and you would think that with all his institutional history of Jedi tradition and Jedi philosophy and 
you know, the way we used to do things, etc., that he would just be super fucking mad about what the hell these people are planning. Totally. Especially since this is, like, presumably if the Clone Wars timeline holds, which who knows, because it's timelines, but, like, this is happening after he, like, had his, like, little excursion to Dagobah and Malachor, and, like, had oh, that yeah. whole his whole like enlightenment vision about like how he need like how best to be at one with the force. So like Chris, can you just remind people like me who don't know yeah. about that so what that is? In in the season six, the like whatever the lost season was that they just released straight to Netflix of the Clone Wars. Uh, there's yeah, an arc where Yoda like kind of starts having visions and goes on a trek to uh, basically is guided by Qui-Gon's ghost to Dagobah first and then to Malachor and then to some other planet where he has, like, basically, like, does battle with the dark side. Yeah, I don't think that the that final planet is named. It's just, it's just the yeah. source of the Force somehow. Yeah, because... it's like, it's not Mortis, but it's, it's Mortis-like in that it is yeah. an allegory for being the Force. Yeah. Um... Cool. Thank you. And and so he has this whole vision where he's fighting Sidious and gets defeated. And then he, like, has this, like, unclear if it's a vision or an actual battle, but with, like, a dark side version of himself. And, like, has to, like, fully embrace, like, balance and the light to defeat it. And it's a whole, like, thing. And, like, you feel like Yoda comes away really, like, understanding what the Jedi have done wrong. And, like, be- being the roots of, like, new Yoda who's going to go think things through on Dagobah. Right. So what the fuck is this shit? I know. Seriously. <laughs> like I don't I don't even Oh, that was like the very end of the rest of the season, right? That's the very yeah. it's the second to last arc. Yeah. No, it's the last one. No, the last one's Jar Jar. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure it is because I no, remember how mad I was about Jar Jar no, being it's the not. last. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Well I shit. Believe you. I I I have no idea. Fuck you, white man. Oh, boy. Um, but yeah, no. Also, one of the things that I have questions about is that um, two... Oh, wait. Moribund. Moribund. Moribund? Moribund. Moribund. That... Yes. Isn't that Not where Malachor. it was Not Malachor. Yeah. Moribund. You're right. Which is... I looked it up. Oh. <laughs> Thanks! I didn't pull that out of my butt. <laughs> wait. Is, I... is Moribund the Sith homeworld? Yes. Yes. What's Malachor then? Some other shit. Uh. Malachor's not the Sith homeworld. Some dark side ass planet. I love ass planets. Where did they go in Rebels? Malachor. Okay. So they did go to a different place. Yes. Malachor was a rocky, hellish wasteland planet (laughs) shrouded in mystery. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. I mean, where's the lie? But Okay. (laughs) Got yeah. it. No, it's just um, a place that was strong in the dark side where they built a fucking temple because it was so fucking evil. All right. So it's basically like Mustafar. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Or like, I would say like for the Jedi, it's like Ilum. M- sure. M planets. Yeah. Gotcha. I fucking love those M planets. Anyway, thank you for that brief foray into more Clone Wars talk. My favorite thing. Yep. <laughs> um, also, one of the things that, The Jedi Council makes reference to two events in this book. One of those is the betrayal of um, Pongkrell 
on Umbara, as which you may remember from the Clone Wars, is when he was basically trying to kill as many of his clone troopers as possible because he like didn't believe in this war and was super evil and it was terrible and um the the clones had to figure out like where they're gonna follow orders or where they're gonna follow like their own morals sort of thing um and then the other event they reference is um and we talked about this a little bit before but um barisafi's bombing of the jedi temple and her eventually again saying that the jedi shouldn't be in this war what they're doing is wrong and she basically tried to fuck shit up to bring attention to the fact that the jedi weren't doing the right thing um and you know it's just funny to me that there seems to be a pattern of behavior among their ranks and they don't seem at all concerned about this they never stop to ask why this keeps happening like they just they're just like Man, we're doing the right thing. All these people who betrayed us, it was just, like, all these one-offs. And I'm like, that's a lot of one-offs. That's too, too many one-offs. Yeah, I mean, it's classic groupthink. <laughs> oh, totally. Does this mean we have to agree with Barris? I don't want to. No, but I think it means we have to agree with Luke and Last Jedi that the, that the, the Jedi Council at the end of the Republic was, like, was corrupt at this point. Mm. Right. He says it was hubris. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly true. Yeah, I mean, I think, at the end of the day, I think I agree with Barris a little bit, but her methods were very bad, bad. <laughs> bad, bad. Also, you can't just frame my daughter Ahsoka like that for bombing the Jedi Temple like an asshole. This, this is what I'm saying. I don't ever want to agree with her, but I'm like, she did think that the dark side had <laughs> crept into the council. And Which, that's not a bad theory. Yeah, it's, that's... That's just true. <laughs> I mean, Anakin. Not that he was in the council, but he was real pissed about it, though. Not being in there. It's true. And also, it's funny how um, building your Jedi temple on top of an old Sith temple is a bad idea. <laughs> like, maybe just don't. Like, why? What's the background of that, by the way? I we don't know other than, it hap- other than it's a thing. Well, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> Not you guys, just what? What are you? Th- what are you thinking, Yoda? Were you there? <laughs> no, I'm sure it was before you, but still, God. I know. Like you think you would find out about that and be like, maybe we should move house, you know? Yeah. You know, let's just pick somewhere else. Let's just go somewhere else. I know, like the the other side of Coruscant, you know, anywhere, anywhere, really. But Fucking whatever. Seriously. Sure. What could happen? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It's just totally fine. Um, speaking of what could happen, the Jedi did have other options of thing to do. And we, we talked a little bit about this at the very, very beginning of our discussion of this book. What is the role of the Jedi? Um, so we've got them, you know, in actual reality, taking military titles during the Clone War and getting super involved in all that. Um, we've got Quinlan Voss saying, you know, hey, we should be go, like, basically calling them glorified rent-a-cops when he's thinking about Black Sun. Like, we should be going after, you know, small-time crime like this and, like, doing that sort of thing to keep the galaxy safe. And then you have... I almost want to call it the Depa Balaba school of thought, where she's talking to Kanan and she's saying, like, we should never have done this. Like, this is not... This is not a thing that was okay to do. Maybe we should just go back to being 
or you know go go back to basics and just um, align ourselves with the light and protect that and be compassionate towards beings and hang out and not fight stupid stuff. Um, all Star Wars are stupid. I know. So I mean, what happened is that they became so obsessed to, with fighting what they hated that they forgot to save what they love. Damn. Yeah. Bloop. So welcome. But no, actually, like, they, their entire focus was fighting the dark side. And they, their, their allegiance to the light side got to the point where it was, well, you're not the dark side. Mm-hmm. Like, they had no active allegiance to the light side by the time the Jedi ended. And that partially made them weak because you, ha- you see, like, in Attack of the Clones, like, Mace Windu and Yoda talking about how, like, they can't see the future. Like, their ability to see the future is clouded because, like, the force is, like, the dark side of the force is blocking them. Like, they are not as strong in the force right. by the end of the Republic. Super true. And that's because they've just become so consumed by the dark side and, like, trying to beat it. I would say that's pretty much everyone except Obi-Wan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, too, that you, like, bring up specifically trying to, um, like, defeat and stay away from the dark side. Sorry, I'm belching into the microphone. (laughs) 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 All right. There we go. I had a a taco. I had a burrito right before this, so. You had a large wrapped taco. I had a, I had, yeah. They, it was so big too. I was like, oh, can you add some fajita veggies? And I was like, now this is so big, I can't eat it. And that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, like, I, it almost makes me, it's funny because, like, I was like vaguely talking about this t- today at work, not Star Wars related, but with something else. And I was like, I kind of want to do like a word cloud of that. I'm like, how much did they talk about the dark side versus how much they talk about the light side? Ooh. And it's Ooh. like, all of it would be like, I'm like, do they even talk about the light? Do they ever even bring up the light side anymore? Yoda's just like, the dark side is strong with that person. And I'm like, um, okay, well, that, but there's like other stuff going on. Oh my god. <laughs> I like, I want to like yoink a script from somewhere now and just do an analysis on all of the movies like that. Please. That'd be so fucking cool. Seriously. Um, alright. So, my question for y'all is what do you think then the role of the Jedi is like, are they just monks like adherents of the light side? And if we want to say they're just that, then how are they different from the churches of the force? You know, people like cheer and Baze from rogue one or Lor Santeca or Dell. Um, or are they kind of these glorified rent cops or should they be military warriors? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I know. Right. Yoda, yeah. If Yoda didn't know, and like Yoda couldn't figure it out. I'm like, same. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Don't, like, what are you supposed to do when the entire universe that you're living in goes to war with itself? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, right? Because like, on the one hand, they clearly didn't do things right here, but on the other hand, if they had not taken military titles, and like say that they like saw through the clone plot, and basically the Jedi did not get involved in the Clone Wars, then one way or another, the Separatists would have won. Right, I mean, if they had seen through the clone plot, then there just wouldn't have been clones, and the Clone Wars wouldn't have been Clone Wars, it would have been Separatist takeover. Yeah, and so, and that would have, like, led to presumably Sidious winning as well, somehow. Mm -hmm. Like, so, like, 
it really is like it's hard to know what they should have done in this case because they kind of lost by the time they like by uh, by keeping his plan secret this long palpatine already beat them mm. god he's like so smart but also so stupid <laughs> i mean i know we talk about this a lot how he's like an amazing strategist but also like George Lucas made him do really fucking stupid shit. <laughs> also, probably that I don't think it's realistic that I would have ever done. But Oh, I'm super excited to read Empire's End because we get Palpatine characterization that's really good. Ooh. Ooh. Thanks, Chuck. Gimme. Yeah, it's really because because I agree with you, Keeks, but it makes it like it 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 works. That's I awesome. bet I'm sure it does. That's the entire fucking point, and I—that's why we do this podcast, and I love it. Yeah. Okay, so supposing that during the Clone Wars, mm, I don't know. Like, at what point could the Jedi have stopped this from happening, and why didn't they? Or do we just not have enough information? Is this an unanswerable question? I mean, I think part of it's an unanswerable question, but I think part of it is that the seeds of the decay were already planted by the time the Phantom Menace came around. You said the words Phantom Menace, and I just like bust down hives, and now I'm dying. I know, but but like <laughs> no, but for real. But like, Look, we see Mace Windu and Yoda having the discussion. Always two there are. Right. Which one did we kill? Right. Wait. So so what you're saying is that. Sidious saw an opening because the Jedi were weak and he just w- fucking went for it. I think Sidious had been planning for a very long time, but I think the fact that Sidious's plan was partially revealed and then promptly foiled and the Jedi were not able to capitalize on that doomed them. Mm. Didn't Sidious create the clone army? He did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I love how the Jedi were just like, okay, Thanks I for guess we have a clone army now. Thanks. <laughs> oh my god, it's so just oh the entire god, the because like they knew they knew that they knew that Dooku ordered the clones. This is a fact that they knew. <laughs> Wait, how do you know that they knew that? Because so in in Clone Wars, the arc where, um, sorry, I haven't rewatched. No, 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 no you're fine. You seem in, to remember things in the arc where Obi Wan and Anakin go to. Uh, I don't remember where, but one of the moons where the moon where Jango Fett said that he was recruited. Like he says, ah. he oh, says, in, yeah. he says in Attack of the Clones, I was recruited by a man called Tyrannus on one of the moons of whatever. Mm. And they meet Master Sifidius's like pilot or assistant or whatever. Oh, it's um whatever the hell planet the Pikes are yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's it's one of the Pike worlds. Yeah, and like literally. Dooku meets them there. They realize that Dooku is Tyrannus. Jango Fett has told you he was he is he is the DNA for the clones. He was recruited by a man called Tyrannus. You uh. listen. Math is hard for Anakin, and he didn't get it. <laughs> the transitive property is not a thing. He understands. Like there were just what? so many, and like I, like obviously, like at the end of the day. It's a narrative, and this is what, like, this is what had to happen to, to fit in it. I know. But 
<laughs> which is like the easy explanation but it's exhaust but it's because but it also fits that like they were just so caught up in their own hubris that they could win this war right so okay i'm just like trying to noodle this out that if the jedi had not been so blinded by all the fuck shit we just talked about like at what point would they have caught Sidious out because i think what you're saying is that like he would have tried to put this plane in motion regardless of what state the Jedi were in. Yeah. So, what? They probably would have figured it out at the clone army and been like, we should do some fucking detective work, and that would have been that. Or, like, far before that, like, after Phantom Menace, like, before the clone army was even ordered. Do we know what happens in those 10 years? Like, besides no. Anakin being just, like, no. creepily groomed by Palpatine? No, we got nothing. I mean, we have... We have nothing about the Jedi in the current canon about those 10 years. That's fucking weird. We have, like... I mean, we have minor things. We yeah, have yeah. we have Anakin being groomed uh, in the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic. Mm-hmm. We have... I mean, Thrawn takes place around that t- timeline. No, yeah. no, 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 mm-hmm. it doesn't. Because Thrawn takes place after the Clone Wars. Clone Wars I'm sorry. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's the fuck out of you. Um, no, we have nothing in the current canon on that timeline. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I would like more, please. Yeah. I know. More, please. Like, what the hell is this? Um... What wasn't um wasn't Django born on Concord Dawn? In the extended universe, I believe he is. I don't know that we have that information uh, for him in the canon. I don't think in I think in the current canon he's not actually Mandalorian. Oh. What? I can look this up. <laughs> That's confusing. No, he just like he he's just a bounty hunter and he fucking jacks some Mandalorian armor. Huh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I can look this up. Okay. Well, while Chris does that, would you like to talk more about Yoda, Kiki? You know, I would. <laughs> um, uh, this is just Chris and yearning for backstories, Pod. Um, I'm so curious about how we got to, like, the Yoda we find on Dagobah versus the Yoda we see here that's like yeah assassination seems like a bad idea but also like why not i mean because they seem very different i feel like by the end of uh whatchamacallit range of the sith where he's putting himself in exile and then he has about 20 years to like um sit in time out and think about what he's done (laughs) i think that does a lot to a person yeah i mean especially considering like how much he meditates oh god so much and stuff yeah, especially because, I mean, he, he, Kiki, he meditates so good that he wound up in the world between worlds, so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you doing here? Hello. Um, but yeah, no. That's fair, but I still just, like, want, uh, I don't know, or maybe I'm just, like, being so jealous of Yoda's ability to self-reflect. Uh, this got <laughs> real close to their home. Well, I mean, to be fair, you have you haven't been like sitting in a swamp reflecting for literally nineteen years, twenty I years, know. more than that. Mm-hmm. Nineteen. That's such a blip. Years. Oh no, yeah, no, twenty like two. Twenty two years. Yeah, such a blip on the radar of his life, though. True. It's true, but I feel like. I mean, we know from there is another in from a certain point of view that it's been a long. 22 years. Like, it's felt long for yeah. him. True. Bes- I mean, besides the fact that we can kind of glean that from the films alone, because he's fucking batshit by the time we meet him in Empire. 
I know. Fucking like my honestly, one of my favorite parts of Empire is Yoda fucking um, beating R two with the stick. So yeah, <laughs> me too. Also, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> yes, uh, Fett claims to have been born on the planet Concord Dawn, a Mandalorian world, but the exact authenticity of this claim was unknown. He wore Mandalorian armor after becoming a bounty hunter and assassin for hire. A fact that led the officials of Mandalore to disavow any connection to Fett, claiming he was simply a bounty hunter who somehow stole an artifact from their planet's troubled past. So Ooh. they claim he's not Mandalorian. He claims he, he is claims Mandalorian. He is. There's no, we don't have enough information at this point to know what the correct answer is. Right, mm. because we know Concord Dawn is definitely a Mandalorian planet by the time of Rebels, but it was colonized. So who the hell knows what the hell was going on back in the day when True. he got born? I think it was. I think it was Mandalorian at that point. Because I think it had been Mandalorian a while. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I, I could be it, making that up. That stupid ass plane has blown half the smithereens, so who the fuck knows? Right, exactly. <laughs> I, got, I got the implication that that was like way back in Mandalore's history. That it was blown to smithereens. I don't know. Apparently I need to watch that episode of Rebels again. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch all of the animated series, everything again right. after this book. Well, well it's interesting because... Every Mandalorian th- besides Django that we've seen in canon so far has not been of his, hasn't been of his, you know, racial background, has not had his accent. So who the fuck knows? I guess, no, Fenrod doesn't have his accent. So I don't know what the fuck is going on there. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Seems fake, <laughs> but Okay. <laughs> I don't even remember how we got on this. Oh, I don't know. We lots of things, Cyphideas things and stuff. Cyphideas. Okay. Anyway. Gotcha. Oh, Keeks, and you. And speaking of um, yes, um, how to better act like Jedi? You wanted to talk a little bit about Ventress vis-a-vis Jedi behavior. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think I brought this up either last episode or the episode before, but I was like, LOL, isn't it hilarious that. Uh, if we kind of, like, put the current Jedi on the council right now, like, on uh, on an average, average Jedi goodness versus Ventress, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Ventress is, like, better. I'm pretty sure she's, like, closer to the light and has, like, understands herself more. And, like, we don't see a lot of... That's another thing we don't see a lot of during um, this kind of era of Jedi is, like, that, like, self-reflection that we were just talking about how Yoda got the way he was. We don't see, like, a ton of that because there's a fucking war going on. And it's not like, go and be alone and do do stuff and things and figure out, like, why you are and blah, blah, blah. Whereas, like, Ventress has gone to the dark side and come back and I think has, like, a, at least better control of, like, her relationship with a force than a lot of them do. Considering, like... You know, Anakin gets consumed by the dark side. Yeah, I mean, she definitely has a much better sense of balance. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I think one of the most interesting things is that we were kind of just talking about this a little bit. But, um, you know, the Jedi are striving to be as far away as possible from the dark that I... You know, we've talked about this on the pod in general before, but that's, I think, part of the reason why they become unbalanced, at least if you're following the uh, George Lucas Dave Filoni's um, philosophy of the Force. Um, 
which is I think why we often on the, at the, on this pod at least feel like you know people like Ventress or Ahsoka who aren't really affiliated with one thing or the other are the ones who are really the most in balance. Absolutely. So yes, <laughs> I know, right? So no, it's just interesting. No, I really like this. I really like this point, um, especially about the self reflection. Couldn't we all afford to do a little bit more of that? <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, so we're gonna zoom out and do our general talking about the book stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as we have stated uh, before in talking about Dark Disciple, um, the as I burp, the novel is based on um, unproduced episodes of the Clone Wars, um, and these arcs were written by Katie Lucas. And so, first of all, I just wanna want us to speculate a little bit on how much do we think this is Katie Lucas's script, and how much of it is golden, and um, how much room do we think Golden had for creativity here? Maybe this is a hot take, but I think more than she had when she was writing the Battlefront book. Ooh. That's exactly what I was I was going I wasn't gonna say that, but I was going to ask I wonder I wanna know what the comparison was between this versus Inferno Squad. Yeah, me too. Because the, the books take. just feel so different. Yeah. Say more about yeah. that, Kiki. Well Well and I mean what have I what we've so we've read two novels and one short story, right? Um but the short story and the, did she come up with the short story, or was that also part of something? I want to say that was her, because I think Lasseram is her own character. Okay. So, well, that's helpful, because I think that they... Yeah, I just think Inferno Squad was such a... I mean, it was a good book. I liked it. But, we, I mean, we talked a lot about, like, the weirdness of it and other stuff that we weren't so into. Um, we liked the characters, blah, blah, blah. But I really liked this book, how it was written and the way it was characterized and how the fight scenes specifically were written. And I thought that was so different than what we saw in Inferno Squad. And that makes me think she had a little bit more like liberty to... I think more of your, your writing voice comes out when you have the liberty to do that, I think. I don't know. Kate's a writer. What do you think, Kate? I... I think that's probably true. It def- like Inferno Squad definitely felt like a book that was penned in by quite a few constraints, you know, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but it did it did feel like that to me. Um, Chris and I were actually just rewatching the other night the Dathomir episodes of the Clone Wars, and we had forgotten how fast those episodes move and how much um, plot they really pack in because there's. You know, you get a general sense of timeline in those episodes, but, you know, for all we know, like, uh, like three weeks could have passed in a single episode because that's how fast it moves. Um, whereas, obviously, in a novel, you have to slow stuff down. So, um, I think Chrissy probably had, honestly, a lot of leeway in um, making those transitions and making those transitions actually do work in terms of character and plot development um, to just make the whole thing smoother. Um, also, like, Clone Wars was supposedly a kid's show. There was not that much kissing, like, in the script. Like, that's not a thing that happened, you know? 
No, there was not a, a ton of kissing in the script, but there was just like v- so much fucking violence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's a combination. There's kissing and violence. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. Um, but no, uh, I think that you know, obviously. Christy had to hit all the plot points, and she probably, you know, lifted a a whole lot of dialogue from the script, because that's what a script is. Um, But, yeah, I think it's those, like, really, like, in-between moments. Um, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head, and I can't write it now. But, I mean, there are a lot of just little interactions, for example, between Ventress and Voss that I think um, are things that Christy probably invented, because there's only so much room in a... 20, 22 minute cartoon episode. Mm-hmm. God, it would have been so good if it was long. Yeah. Although, like, it's so easy to sit down and watch, like, six Clone Wars. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah, I mean, this definitely would have had to have been a four or five it was episode eight. arc. It was eight? It was arc. eight. So they, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about that a little later. Okay. But yeah. Um, Which I think would have bit would have matched, what was the longest arc? Order 66? Uh, I want to say that it was, I want to say that was like four, I think Onderon was four or five. Yeah, Onderon was long. Um, but they were storylines that they kind of split up. So we have that first set of Death of Mirror episodes where, um, Ventress goes back to the Night Sisters and they create Savage Opress and she tries to assassinate Dooku. And then, um, they, then the second half of that arc doesn't come until the following season, um, which is when Dooku massacres the Night Sisters. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. So it probably would have gotten split up somewhere yeah. along the way. Um, yeah. So actually, Chris, could you run and grab the book for me mm-hmm. while I talk about this next point? Um. So, yeah. The other thing I want to talk about was Katie Lucas herself. Um, she wrote the foreword for the novel. Um, you know, did some, oh, is it right behind me? Yep. Oh, my bad. I thought it was on the shelf. Um, so her foreword does some framing, um, you know, what mindset she was in when she wrote the script, um, letting her at least get a little bit of her, her voice into this, into the print edition of this book as the person who created these storylines. Um, but what's interesting to me is that she's written a lot of the most three-dimensional, um, and interesting characters, at least in my opinion, in the Clone Wars. So she wrote episodes um, about Aura Singh. Um, again, she also wrote the earlier uh, Jathomir episodes that did get produced and did air. So she wrote Savage, and she wrote Maul, and she wrote Ventress. And Keeks, uh, your favorite, she wrote the Order 66 arc in at the beginning of Season 6. I can't speak about it. <laughs> um... So, as a woman in the writer's room, um, how can you tell that her voice is different from episodes that were written by dudes? Um, you know, how has she left her mark on the show? And um, just drawing from that, you know, how, how does representation matter in this case? How does it manifest? I mean, I think specifically the order 66 arc i mean there's just a lot more kind of internal dialogue and like real emotion i shouldn't say real emotion just strongly felt emotion yeah um by a lot of the characters in that which i think 
you know, not that men aren't capable of that, but it's, I think, less, uh, how to say this without being a bitch. Um, <laughs> no, go be a bitch. I'm a bitch on the spot all the time. Uh, no, I, do, I mean, like, I, I think men are very capable of many things that women are capable of and vice versa, right? So, but I think it's, you know, men, men are kind of expected to, to stand up and be strong and not talk about their feelings and women aren't, right? We're allowed to talk about our feelings a little bit more than men are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the nice things about having a woman in the writer's room, especially writing-wise. I think um, expressing emotion in writing, you know, that's going to later be turned into a, an animated series or not. Um, I think it, it's just something that really, like, touches, like, the viewers. I think it's something that really connects with people, even if they're not, like, touchy-feely people. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't think it was a suit... I thought it was a touchy-feely arc, <laughs> Order 66, because I love Fives, and I would do anything for him, but... <laughs> I mean, I was crying, um, and I don't cry, as you know, uh, so... I know. I know. But, I mean, I think it was just, like, it, it was it was intense. It was emotionally intense. Um, and that kind of emotional intensity, we don't get, like, a ton of the real build up in depth like that kind of emotional intensity i think we were like supposed to feel in some of the prequels with anakin and padme <laughs> and it's just like deader with your mouth closed <laughs> you know it's like they int- the writers there intended it to be that emotionally intense but i didn't feel that whereas like here i'm like this is a fucking cartoon and i turn on i'm like fucking weeping like a little baby <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't super well articulated, but I I just think like a diverse writing room is very integral to getting a depth of emotion um, that you wouldn't get otherwise just because it becomes, you know, it goes from like a single facet of that to a more multifaceted thing that can touch more of the audience. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think part of the reason for that is because, yay, toxic masculinity, you know, men (laughs) aren't really encouraged to leave it all on the page like women can, because women are expected to wear their hearts on their sleeves, and they, um, you know, I think, just to make a sweeping generalization, um, they're probably more in touch with those kinds of feelings, and, you know, what what feelings would be in that situation um, than men would be. I mean, I talked to some of my guy friends and they're like, they can't tell me what their emotions are. Like, I'll say, oh, you know, are you okay? Like, you don't, you know, you're not, you're not, you know, what, like, what's wrong? Like, they'll look troubled or something. And they'll be like, oh, I'm really tired. And I'm like, okay, but how are you feeling? And they'll just be like, what do you, I'm tired. Like, no, 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 that tired is not an emotion. How are you feeling? And they'll just stare at me because they don't, they don't. They they just don't. They just don't know. Um, and so Jesus, Kate, just at me next time. I was trying oh, stop, to Chris. anonymize this. <laughs> oh my god! But no, you you do do that. Like oh, I'm so, oh, I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah, no, you just like you're like you can tell me when you're frustrated. You can't tell me any other shades of like negative emotion you have. And it's fascinating. This is true. Um, we're all working on it. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think that matters. And I think you can really tell how a lot of the emotional beats in, you know, in of Rebels in comparison um, that had one woman in the writer's room and she only got writing credit on one episode, which was Harris Heroes. Um, 
you can you can tell how much that the development of that show and the characters is really hamstrung by the fact that it was written by men. Um, especially, you know, yeah. I'm going to be harping on this for literally the rest of my life, but, um, you know, only men could have conceived of Canera and then framed the relationship the way that they did. Yeah. You know, like, because, like, they just, they couldn't put that on the page because it was, like, what, too mushy or something? Like, I don't even know what they were thinking. So it was, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, we really... Like, just making this comparison, you can really see what we're missing out on. And also, I mean, we had Katie Lucas as a woman writing about such um, capable ladies as um, Aura Singh and Ventress. And it's like, you know, where are my other female bounty hunters? Or where are my other female Sith users? Like, men just don't fucking conceive of this shit. Yeah, absolutely. Like... Um, at Southern Cynic, friend of the pod, has been saying for, like, a million billion years, like, where are we going to get another female dark side, dark side user in the new canon? Because we got nothing. And it's fucked up. Yes. <laughs> Mic drop, we're done. <laughs> yeah, right? No, I mean, it's, it's a great uh. point. I have nothing to add. I mean, I think... I have nothing to add, he says, before going on. I have nothing to add. Go ahead, adding, Mr. Adding. Um, No, I mean... I mean, I I, I have my soapbox already. Just need to figure out something to talk about to get on it. Like, I think you're exactly right. Oh my god, why do you have to say something all the time, white man? What? Yeah, what? It's funny, because I wasn't going to say something, and then I started, and then I realized I had nothing to say. This has been a microcosm (laughs) of male culture in America. All right, we're moving on to the next point. (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along, because Chris just made Keeks fucking scream real hard. All right, social media. Um, I totally fucking forgot to tweet this tweet that people should send in their questions and stuff earlier in the day. So we have two um, who got it in the last minute um, because people are great. Um, One of them being Southern Cynic herself, who fucking loves this book. And uh, she says, did you guys listen to the audiobook at all? Alas, no, we did not listen to the audiobook, which apparently we need to because, she says, because that moment where Ventress comes to rescue Voss and he growls at her as he goes full dark side is one of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars audio. It will wreck you. Oh, man. So we, I bet. Yeah. We got to get on that. Because, like, I mean, that scene already broke my heart just reading it. Like, I'm going to die when I, like, hear it. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I need to get on that. Uh, I know. Uh, uh, <laughs> Chris, if we ever finish. Chris and I have been like trying to get through the Harry Potter audiobooks for like literally five years. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, and when we finally fin- finish goddamn Harry Potter, we'll listen to this audiobook and this one and this one. This can go on the list. That's fine with me. Yeah, right. Um, Good idea. Um, relatively new listener, but um, very enthusiastic. Um, Chris, I'm reading his screen name and I don't care. <laughs> he goes on to his screen name, his Twitter, his Twitter handle? No, no. He has a different Twitter handle from his display name. His display name on Twitter is Tits McGee. His Twitter <laughs> handle is haha yeah underscore Tyler. <laughs> oh my god. Where'd he go, Tyler? I know. Hi, Tyler. Um, he actually has a great question. Um, he says, since the book was adapted from unaired episode scripts, could you tell from reading the book where one episode would have ended and another began? Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I was reading it, I was actually, like, paying attention to this because I was really curious myself as to how Christy was kind of knitting these, um, 
very, um, what the fuck is the word? Not, not sure stuff. yet. Stuff. Like when you more. parcel things out, like these very, um, compartmentalized, that's it. Um, you know, obviously they form a cohesive story, but these very compartmentalized, um, narratives into one entire novel. Um, and honestly, uh, there's a page at the beginning of the book that lists the episode titles, and that did a lot to help me out. Um, so the episodes in this arc would have been called Lethal Alliance, The Mission, Conspirators, Dark Disciple, Saving Voss Parts 1 and 2, Traitor, and The Path. And you can kind of- uh. I know, right? Like, kill- like, let me fucking die. But you can kind of tell, like, based on the epi- these episode titles, what- would have ended where so personally like i couldn't necessarily tell exactly where an episode ended but i can but i could be like oh it probably ended there thereabouts uh with the exception of um saving boss part one um yeah like i think it's probably pretty clear that um part one of that two episode um series the first part probably ended where ventress fails to get boss out of dooku's prison yeah, I think that's probably right. Anyway. Yeah, check that out. That's my two cents. <laughs> Could y'all tell were y'all even Not... thinking about that when you were reading or Um, I was a little bit. I didn't I didn't know off the top of my head because I didn't notice that it was in the book there. Um how many episodes it was. Cut. But I definitely there were definitely points where I was like, This feels like a like an episode cut. See, I'm a big ass nerd and I like I need to I, I actually read the front matter on books and so this is how I find these things. Anyway. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I totally didn't notice at all. I don't even know if it was in the... It probably was in the Kindle, but it, it usually, like, automatically skips some stuff. Like, you'll get the... Uh, you can go to it if you want to, but it'll just, like, bring you... Here's the table of contents, and here's, like, the foreword, and here's the book. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, it's in the... I don't know. I don't remember seeing it, but that doesn't mean it was there. It's in, it's in the front matter. It's on one of the title pages, if you want to go back and look. It's kind of interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I do enjoy that the jacket copy of this book... Uh, was uh, something slipped through the quality control because it mentions the Empire. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, God, where the hell is it? I The Empire's it. most cold-blooded disciple, Count Dooku. I know. I was just like, mm, no! <laughs> Not really the Empire. <laughs> I giggled. It was very it's funny. It's funny. It's... I don't even care because it's just like... It's a little, it's a little like blurps like that that are kind of charming about Star Wars. Oh no, I don't care. It's just funny. Oh yeah, no, no, I know, but I'm sure like there are fanboys out there who like pencils just like immediately sit down and shit a break about it. Yeah, there was actually a really interesting thread that I'll tell you about off off the pod yesterday, but with Matt Martin and Jennifer Heddle about timelines. Okay. Hmm. I love timelines, and by timelines I mean how old people are. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, this thread's (laughs) going to give you an aneurysm, Keeks. Oh no. Great. Love it. Anyway. Um, so I've got Easter eggs. I'm the only person who wrote down any Easter eggs again. Well, it's because by the time I got Listen, to this outline, I read them and them I was like, uh, "Yes, you're very good at picking out Easter eggs." I hate you guys. I already talked about the Anakin uh, cutting a hole in the floor during the wrong part of the podcast during the wrong episode, <laughs> but that was my favorite. My favorite was I think Lassarame, and just bringing back yes. a character. I mean, obviously, she wrote, uh, Christy Golden wrote Inferno Squad after this, but, like, bringing Lassa Rame more into the forefront in that book 
than just a quick mention in this one. And like Christy Golden, as we know from previous books, has a history of like taking her small characters and carrying them across stories because we know Tarvin Loreka from Battlefront 2, also mentioned in From a Certain Point of View, in her story, I believe it's called The Bucket. Um, I just like that. I, I mean, y'all y'all know from listening to this podcast that like I'm thirsty for the interconnectedness. So You are. I'm thirsty for Loss of Rain. Uh, fair point. <laughs> Same. So it's really cool that we actually got to see her in Inferno Squad, which is where, I, which is where I developed my crush on her. I just, oh god, I, uh, marry me. Um, so other mentions that I noticed that I wrote down here: um, Alderanian wine is mentioned at some point. I'm not sure if this early in the new canon, if they had named it Tonneray yet, because they don't call it that in this book, but it's probably Tonneray. Um, we see the Mos Eisley Cantina, that's where Ventress picks up, um, Boa and his crew, and that's honestly where she picked them up the first time. Um, I, I know, I, I had forgotten, but mm-hmm. then was reminded when we were rewatching The Clone Wars. Um, I laughed really hard because, um, I don't remember if the, it's the Jedi Council who said it or if it was Ventress, but one of those two entities said that Dooku could only be killed by a dark side user. LOL, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I died. Um, I like that this book, which is probably I don't does Son of Dathomir come after this or before this or do you know? That's a great question. And I don't know. Okay. My headcanon is that this is before Son of Dathomir. Alright, well, either way, this is one of the last things I'm reading in the Clone Wars Legacy. Um, you know, the stuff that's based on unproduced episodes of the Clone Wars. Um, and we wind up back on goddamn Christophsis. I fucking hate that planet, because if you fucking watch the Clone Wars, like, they spend, like, 84 years on that planet doing dumb shit, and I was just like, what the fuck is this cartoon I'm watching? Like, they're really lucky that I stuck with that show, the Christophsis, because what the fuck? Uh, that was such a long and boring arc. I know. Also, it's kind and of... In movie. Yes. I mean, it's kind of funny, though, because it's where Anakin meets Ahsoka, and Ahsoka's... No, it's important, but it's not a good arc. No, no, but, like, Ahsoka's the only other, like, kind of, like, in-the-middle person that we know in the canon up to this point in the the canon timeline. What are we going to say? I have nothing important to add. Great. Um, I I noticed that Boyle, the clone, showed up. He's one of the ones who rescued that little girl in Ryloth um, in the Clone Wars. Um... And here's an interesting one. Um, when Ventress is dying, I think, she tells Voss that he has a choice to make, you know, between killing Dooku and going full over to the dark side or deciding not to. Um, and she says that you have a choice to be better. And that's a line that is repeated in Inferno Squad and in the Battlefront game itself. When Luke's talking to Del on Pelio in the video game, um, Luke says you always have a choice. You- like, you can make a different choice. And Del's like, what, the Rebellion? And Luke's like, no, a cho- you can make the choice to be better. Boom. Boom! Yeah. Well, no better way to end it than that. Um, our next... So thank you very much for reading along uh, to Dark Disciple with us. Uh, I am going to open up my computer to see what chapters we're reading of our next book, which is Catalyst by James Lucino. It's chapters one through six. Thank you. As Kate said, next episode, we're going to be starting Catalyst by James Lucino, reading the start of the book through chapter six. We hope that you'll read along with us. In the meantime, 
hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, BookWorstPod on all those platforms. Email us, bookworstpod at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to both us and the Tachi Station Radio Mega Feed. It, again, is the best way for people to discover the show if you leave us ratings and reviews. If you have the ability and are so inclined, please donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon and give to the Book Wars Pod Coffee. It really helps us cover our hosting and production costs. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Buter Design. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod, and we'll talk to you next week. pretend like you're doing the intro so i can hear your loud voice hello and welcome to episode 52 of the book wars pod that's perfect